Have you ever known anybody that couldn't keep a secret? Well, uh, my family will <laughs> see some people pointing at each other. My family will tell you that I'm very serious about keeping things that people tell me confidential. But one secret that's very hard for me to keep from other people and that I don't like to have kept from me are gifts. Christmas presents, birthday presents, whatever it is, I'm the guy that picks up the present and shakes it. And actually, I go beyond shaking it to pressing it and poking it and kind of weighing it, you know, just to see what could that possibly be. And, and, you know, just as you shake it, did you know as you shake it, you can almost tell what it's made of? You can tell the material just by the way it rubs against the box. Anything I can do to find out what my family got me, I'm going to try to do that. You know, it frustrates my family a lot, especially when I figure out what it is. In fact, Shannon's learned how to take care of that. She says, if I figure it out, she's taking it back. (laughs) And uh, now Hannah's joined in on that threat too, but I I have to hold out hope that Josh is just like me. He can't can't keep a secret like his dad. (laughs) I don't know why I do that. I just can't help it. I want to know so bad what they got me, and I can't wait until my birthday to find out. It's sitting right there, covered up. And I could be enjoying it. I could be using it right now. What if I die tomorrow and I never find out what you got me? Kids, Pastor Robbie's being a bad example right now. When it comes to birthdays, when it comes to Christmas and times like that, as bad as I want to know what they got me, I'm kind of learning it's best to wait. But I do have some good news. God has given us some presents And He doesn't want us to wait one more minute to unwrap them. They're called spiritual gifts. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. Now, we've been studying the book of Ephesians. And as we've hit chapter 4, we've begun to think about spiritual gifts. So far, we've learned uh, some idea of what spiritual gifts are. And why God gave them to us. Today we want to spend a little more time opening them up. We want to discover some more about the gifts that God's given to us so that we can use them and enjoy them for God's purposes. Isn't that the main reason that I I can't wait for my presence? Why put off the enjoyment? Let's open them up right now. If God has provided something for us, let's start using it. It may not be the best approach for birthday presents. But that is the way God wants us to approach our spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about opening our spiritual gifts. Opening our spiritual gifts. The more we learn about what God has given to us, the more we're going to be able to experience. Do you hear this? Are you looking for God's plan and purpose for your life? Are you wanting to fulfill the reason that you live on planet Earth that God created your life for? Well, opening your spiritual gifts is a key part of finding and fulfilling that purpose. Now, let's just review what we've talked about so far. We've kind of talked about what are spiritual gifts. Well, there are many things that God gives to us. I'm so glad that God offered me a free gift called salvation, the greatest gift of all. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was brutally beaten. His body publicly humiliated for me. He felt the pain and the weight. And i tell you what, this week, as I was preparing for this, i got to be honest with you. Sometimes I just take a head break when I'm studying. I just go out. And many times I don't even go home for lunch. I'm just talking with the Lord, meeting with Him. And, and, I, and I stopped by the house. I picked up a sandwich. And I was just riding around and just praying and thinking and clearing my head. And I just have to be honest with you, for about 30 minutes, my heart was broken. Because just for a few minutes, I got a sense of God's heart. I got a sense of how broken 
this world is. How messed up it is. And I am so glad that Jesus Christ, I got a glimpse, I got a taste of what He paid for on that cross. I am so glad that He paid that price for me, aren't you? And friend today, God has some great gifts for you, but the greatest gift of all is His gift of salvation. He wants you to know your sins are forgiven. He wants you to know you are going to heaven one day and he and you are his child. There are many things that God has done for us. Little presents that he gives to us even after that, throughout the day. And, and hopefully you notice those. Hopefully at the end of your day you look back and you see those things. But when we're talking about spiritual gifts, we're talking about something that God gives to someone when they put their faith and trust in Christ and become his child. We're not talking about, as Galatians 5.22 talks about, we're not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're not talking about natural talents and abilities, though in a very real sense we can say those are what? Those are God-given. God gave us those things. We're talking, though, when we're talking about spiritual gifts, about special abilities that God gives to someone so that that person can make a contribution to God's work in this world. Now, we're going to get more specific with that as we go through our study, but for now, I just want you to realize the broad picture. That's what a spiritual gift is. We've also, though, talked about what they are for. God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can be a part of bodybuilding. We talked about that last time. God does His work in this world through a, through a group of people, through a, uh, you, many people don't want to say an organization, but it's actually not an organization. It needs some organization, but it's actually a living, breathing organism. It is a body of Christ. It is the body of Christ, the spiritual body of Christ on this earth, the church. And God gives us as His children spiritual gifts so that we can make a unique, distinct contribution to that work through His body. Now, with that said, if you're really going to understand spiritual gifts, you've got to study the book of 1 Corinthians, chapters 12 through 14. And that's where we're going to turn today. We're going to focus on uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. But I want to start in verses 4 through 6. So let's begin by opening this up with those verses. It says, Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all or in all persons. Spiritual gifts, according to verses 4 through 6, come in many shapes and sizes. They come in many shapes and sizes. If you've been with us in our study in Ephesians, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6 is going to sound familiar to you. Do you see that same thing we've been talking about? There's a great sense in God's work of unity, of togetherness. Isn't that what it's saying? But... There's also a great sense of variety or diversity. We might say God's work is multifaceted. Do you see it there in those verses? There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God. By the way, do you see the Trinity there? The Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and God the Father. But the same God who works all things in all persons. Now, he uses three different words here to describe God's variety in His work. There are many different, he says, gifts. The specific word that's used here for spiritual gifts is a word that carries the connotation of a free gift. It comes from the same word as the word grace in the New Testament. And it relates to divine enablements, that that God enables people, to that He graciously and freely gives us gifts so that we may minister in His name to others through the power of His Spirit. The Bible says there are many of those things that God gives. There are also many ministries. 
That's the word that we use. Uh, that, that word ministry, we use for ministry, but it's, all, it's actually the word servant. It's the word that we get our word deacon from. <clears throat> it basically speaks of service for others in the name of God. So God tells us there are many types of gifts that God gives people. There are many types of ministries. There are many ways to serve other people that God has given. Many different kinds of ministries. Don't we see that? There's lots of different ways to serve God in the lives of other people. And then he says there are many effects. That's the word that we get our word energy from. It points us to the fact that God not only gives different gifts, He not only gives different ministries that flow out of those gifts, but He provides the energy and the power for those things to be carried out, and He does that in different ways too. So what He's saying is there are many different ways that God's work can be carried out. Is that not true? Now there are some churches that think that the way they do it is the only way to do it. But the Bible says that God's creative. There are lots of different ways to serve God within the biblical parameters that God has given us. So what Paul's sharing is God gives many types of gifts to many people. He raises up many different types of ministries for those people to serve in. And he provides many different ways for the working out of that in different ways for different people. Wow. Sounds like God kind of covers everything, doesn't he? According to how you count them or group them, when we look at the specific lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament, there's somewhere around, some say 15 or 20 or 20 plus spiritual gifts that the Bible tells us about. Some of those are teaching, giving, mercy, administration, exhortation. Later we're going to look closer at the specific spiritual gifts that the New Testament talks about. But don't worry about that right now. What we're wanting to see right now is how creative our God is. In Ephesians 4, we talked about how creative He is in general. We talked about how He makes us different people, how we have different preferences, different likes, different dislikes. You go to one grocery store, I go to another. So what? Who cares? Good for you, good for me. That's why there are different stores, right? But specifically, He made us different in how we are going to serve Him. He doesn't create everybody to do the same thing. Now, we, we need to be together. That doesn't mean we're all doing our own thing. The Bible's telling us we need to be together. We need to be united in our efforts. But the Bible tells us that we should not expect every person to be the same. We should not expect every person to do all the same ministries. And we should not expect every person to do it just the same way as another person would. I remember when God called me to New York. I thought, why is everybody not going to New York to start a church? I mean, I just thought that's what everybody ought to be doing. And I got mad when I'd hear about somebody else going somewhere else. We need you in New York. We need to start more churches in New York. Why are you going over there? They don't need any more over there. And God just said, back off, buddy. You know, I do my work in other places, and that's just my deal. That's my work. Spiritual gifts come in many shapes and sizes. But number two, spiritual gifts are to be used in the lives of others. Look at verse 7. He says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Some of your translations say, for the good of all. Though being a Christian can be very challenging sometimes, I think if you're a Christian here today, you would say it's been extremely rewarding, hasn't it? It's been extremely fulfilling to find and fulfill the purpose for your life. But sometimes people take that that great sense of fulfillment, that great sense of joy that we get from walking with God, and they begin to think that it should be focused on, on themselves and they take their spiritual gifts that way too verse 7 tells us that spiritual gifts are not for myself if god has given me this is important because there are many christians there are many baby christians 
that run around and, and, they, and they, they, they haven't been taught this. And because of it, they're misusing their spiritual gifts. If God has given you a spiritual gift, it should be used in the life of other people. It is not for your enjoyment. And by the way, it is not for you to keep for yourself. It's not for you to hide out. It's not for you to hold over in a corner somewhere. Now, this, this is a little challenging for us because when somebody gives me a gift, I think, that's mine, right? I mean, I'm going to open that up and, and it's mine and I enjoy it. Sometimes Christians want to do that with spiritual gifts. I like to teach a class, so I'll teach. I, it makes me feel good when I help other people, so, so I'll help someone else out. Many people do this with the spiritual gift. We'll look at it in more detail later, but the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues. They say, I do this because it brings me closer to God. Again, there's a lot we can say about that, but if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, it makes it very clear over and over in 1 Corinthians 14 about tongues and about uh, gifts in general. Uh, and let me just read one verse that kind of highlights that. It says, so also, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. That is the purpose of spiritual gifts. Whatever their purpose is, the purpose is for the building up of other people, for growing other people, for God using you in the life of other people. They're not given for your private enjoyment. Their focus is on others. So ask yourself, Ask yourself this question. If I know my spiritual gift, if I've identified that, how am I using that giftedness to build up other people? Did you see what it says in verse 7? One of the primary reasons that spiritual gifts have been given, don't miss this, friend, because I believe this gets at the heart of why God gives us these gifts. One of the primary reasons that God gives you that giftedness is so that others will see and experience God in their life. Did you see what it says in verse 7? It says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. What is that saying? Listen, would you just worship God over this? God wants to make himself known. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? If God had never, another word we use for that is revealed himself. If God had never made himself manifest, if he had never revealed himself, I would be walking through this life wondering is there a God? Is, if there is a God, and I sense there is, you see, God realizes that creation is not enough. Creation does reveal God's majesty, doesn't it? Creation, we call it natural revelation or general revelation. We, we look around and we say, there must be a God. That's why evolution is so crazy. That's why so much science today, and I'm not trying to be unscientific, but I believe so much science today is off because we're ignoring the clear facts in front of us. Somebody made this. You find a watch on the beach, you don't say, wow, this sand's amazing. You say, who else was on this beach, right? Because it talks of a designer. We have natural, general revelation that tells us there must be a God. But you know what? If we never had specific revelation, if we never had special revelation from God, His Word, we would never have come to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. I'm so glad that God wants to be made known. And the primary way, as you know, that He does that is through what? Through His Word. This is our most reliable source of understanding about who God is, but it's not the only source. Did you know I've learned this more as a pastor in the last seven years than ever in my whole life, that God shows Himself through His people. That's what it's saying here. God wants you to use your spiritual gifts because I need to see God. 
Now, you're not going to come up with anything that's not in here, but you might take what's in here and bring it to light more. I can see it better when you live it out. Amen? You ever say, I know what that verse is saying, but I just need to see somebody, right? We flesh it out. Jesus Christ came into this world and we saw God living out this life. And that's what God wants to do through his body. Are you using your spiritual gifts in the life of others? Is God able to manifest himself? Is God able to show himself more in this world because you are allowing him to use those gifts? So they come in many shapes and sizes. They're to be used in the lives of others, but let's look at verses 7 through 11. Spiritual gifts, the Bible tells us, are given to every believer. It says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Now, we'll come back and look at specific spiritual gifts. But the point in this passage is not really to discuss specific spiritual gifts. The point is this. God gives gifts, different kind of gifts, but he gives gifts to every single believer. In verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things. I like this, distributing. You like that word? Distributing to each one individually just as he wills. All right, y'all, come on up. Come on up. I'm going to distribute these presents. Now, now who's giving these presents? Well, I am right now. (laughs) In the message, the Spirit's giving them. But these presents, I'm giving out. All right? And guess who gets to decide who gets what? I do, right? I'm going to distribute. I like that idea of God distributing. You get that picture of uh, like we did in Ephesians 4. Jesus is going back up into heaven after he wins a victory, and he just starts throwing out presents. Here you go. Here's yours. Here's yours. Here's yours. He decides, but he gives it to every single believer. When Paul begins 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now concerning, it actually literally says, Now concerning spirituals. Concerning spirituals, brethren. That statement tells us two very important things. First of all, he's speaking to Christians. He calls them brethren. He's saying, Hey, Christians, I want you to understand. Here's something that you have. And he tells us what he's talking about. He's talking about spirituals. He's talking about, we could translate that spiritual things. Or we could translate that the things of the Spirit. He say, according to, uh, or or, or concerning the things of the Spirit. And we know he's specifically talking about spiritual gifts here. But the things of the Spirit, that's what he's going to talk to them about. What would the Spirit of God do in your heart? Well, according to Romans 8, every child of God has the Spirit of God. Did you know that? There are some Christians that have never been taught that. They think that you accept Christ, and then later you receive some baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you receive Christ, you are baptized by the Holy Spirit. Right at that moment, you become a child of God. You get everything that you're going to ever get through Jesus Christ. It's just a matter of whether you're going to open it or not, right? It's already there. It's already been bought and paid for. It's ready for you. Every child of God has the Spirit of God. And according to 1 Corinthians 12, one of the things that happens when you have the Spirit of God working in you are these supernatural enablements that God gives every single one of His children. Look how that's emphasized here. In verse 7, it says, each one. Do you hear the individual emphasis? In verses 8 through 10, he says, to one is given this. You can almost see him pointing at people, right? To one is given this. To one is given this. To one is given this. 
every individual. In fact, in verse 11, it says, The one and the same Spirit distributes to each one individually. Now, actually, that word individually can be translated his own. You see the personal nature of that? Each one gets his own. <laughs> All right, you come get your present, but I got mine, right? This is my own. That's individual. Every one of us, some of them may be bigger, some smaller, right? Every one of us gets a spiritual gift. These are not natural talents and abilities, but again, an assignment, a place, a role to fulfill, and the ability to fulfill that role, don't miss this, with God's help, right? With God's help, I can find and fulfill my purpose in His body. Remember what he said in Ephesians 4? God did us a favor. You know, as you, as you study the passages about spiritual gifts, many times they are referred to uh, with a word that, that has a relationship with grace. Many times, 1 Corinthians 12, 4, Ephesians 4, 7, and Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. There in those places when spiritual gifts are being talked about, the, the word for grace is used. Do you see what God is saying? God has blessed. That's what he's saying. God has blessed every single child of God with a special ability to do His work. Isn't that neat? Like I said last time, sometimes we think of spiritual gifts as burdens. Oh, man, i got to preach. Man, i got to stand in front of all these people and do this stuff. And, you know, I just, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, <laughs> I, need to, I need to learn something about spiritual gifts, don't I? This is not a burden. It's not a cross to bear. This is a special privilege. Jesus won the victory, and he threw me out a gift. I get to be a part of his work. Isn't that neat? That's a favor. That's grace. He didn't have to do that. He did me a favor. He gave me a blessing. Somebody might say, well, do I or can I have more than one of these? You're like me with my presents, aren't you? <laughs> I, want all of, I want all I can get. Well, I think most of us, if not all of us, have some sort of combination. Maybe you might call it a cluster of gifts. I can't promise you, but... But I'd say, for sure from God's Word, at least one. All of us have at least one. But the Bible does tell us this, nobody has all of them. We find that in verses 8 through 10, and we find that in verses 29 through 30 of chapter 12. Now, what does that tell us? We're going to talk about that more in the next message, but what that tells us is, if nobody has them all, don't miss this, if nobody has them all, then we can't depend on any one person to see all of God, right? We need each other. Spiritual gifts are given to every believer, and God wants us to use them. Number four, though, we've alluded to this, but let's hit on it in verse 11. Spiritual gifts are assigned by God. Let's look at verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, giving each one his own, just as he wills. In verse 18, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. That word means just as he wished, and just as God planned for it to be. You know, I'm ashamed to say that many times, <laughs> y'all are going to think bad about me after today. Many times, I, mostly I just do it for fun. Some of it is the flesh, and I need to work on it, but mostly it's just for fun. I like to pick at my family, and I like to get them irritated and all riled up about it and everything, you know, and we have, we have fun with it, but... I'm ashamed to say that many times I do drop hints about what I want them to get me. And y'all don't look at me like that, because y'all do it too. 
You just have other ways of doing it. Now, why would we do something like that? Well, number one, because we're self-focused, right? I mean, if you're going to spend the time, may as well be focused with it, right? Let's get what I want, right? No need in guessing about it. Let's just, let's just lay it on the table. <laughs> also, because we've lost the point. The point is not what somebody got me or you. It's the relationship that we have. And it's the love that's shown by them in the first place. Verse 11 tells us God is the giver, and he decides who gets what gifts. He distributes to each one just as he wills. And again, in verse 18, it tells us that. Romans 11, verse 29, kind of says it in a very uh, very uh, tight context here. I mean, it's clear in Romans 11, God is in control. Let's just put it that way. We're going to come back and look at this, but let me just allude to it. For the gifts and the calling are, of God are irrevocable. This emphasizes the certainty of God's choosing. It literally means the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. What does repentance mean? I changed, right? Guess what? The gifts and calling of God are, you can't change them. Now, we're going to come back and look at this a little bit more because I'm not so sure it means they can never be changed, but it certainly means we can't change it. Who decides? God decides. The point, though, is not what I got. The point is, He thought of me. The point is, He included me that God wanted me to be a part of His work. The focus is on the giver, not on the gift. By the way, He knows you better than you do. He designed you. He knows how you work best. <clears throat> Somebody might say, well, you know, if we flip over there to 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Well, it says, Desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Well, again, remember that it literally says desire spirituals, desire things of the Spirit. And I know it's referring specifically to spiritual gifts, but I think it helps us see the point. God's not, I don't believe God's telling us to focus on specific gifts that I want. In fact, that was the problem of the Corinthians. The Corinthians thought some gifts were better than others, and they said, well, I want this one, or I want this one, or I've got this one, look at me. That's their problem. That's not what God wants us to do. He's already told us. He decides who gets what. Listen, what I believe 1 Corinthians 14 is saying, and this is where I believe God would speak to us here, whatever He's given you, He wants you to be passionate about finding it and fulfilling it. God has given you an assignment. Desire earnestly. There is a passion to that. There's a zeal to this word that's being used here that you should be passionate about that. Well, you say, well, well yeah, but it mentions a specific gift there that we should pursue. What's that talking about? Well, it says we should desire to prophesy. That word means to proclaim God's truth. And it's put in the plural, which does give the impression that he's saying that all of them should pursue that. Here's what I believe God's telling them. Now listen, I believe what God's saying is this. Not everybody has the same spiritual gift. But if you all want to just try to find one, then work on proclaiming God's truth. Telling other people what I want them to know. If, you, if everybody wants to say, if everybody wants a great gift, then focus on spreading my word. What God's teaching us, I believe, in 1 Corinthians 12 is don't decide what you want to do and then try to start doing it. But find, discover, develop what God has given to you and get passionate about that. God makes the assignments. I just need to find it and fulfill it. You see, what the Bible is teaching us is there's a whole aspect of our walk with Christ 
that God is wanting us to know about and God is wanting us to experience. So let me ask you this. Do you have a spiritual gift? Well, if you're a child of God, you may say, I'm not sure what it is, but if I'm a Christian, if I've received Christ, what's the answer? Yes. If you don't have a spiritual gift, then receive the first one. (laughs) Accept Jesus as your Savior. And then He's going to give you something special to do for Him. Friend, today, do you, do you hear that? And in, in I'm teaching God's people today because God wants us to get straight. Many times God's people are not doing what God wants us to do. And that's why we're learning here today. That's part of church. It's called discipleship. It's growing in our understanding of Christ so we can walk with Him more closely and we can be His children. But the big picture is this. He wants you to see Him. He wants you to know He is real. He is alive. He wants to live in your heart. He gave His life for you. If you will just receive His gift and turn away from your way. God, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of doing my thing. I want to trust in your way. I want to receive you as my Savior. I want to walk with you. I don't even know about the spiritual gift stuff. It's a little bit weird, but it kind of makes a little more sense now. But I'll learn more about that later. But right now, I just want to give my life to you. I need a Savior. That's where it starts. Many of you have made that step, but now it's time to know you've got a gift. Do you know what yours is? We're going to learn more about that. We're going to talk about some of the specific gifts, maybe help you to understand that more. Do you know how to use them? That's much of what today's been about. How does God intend for us to use these gifts? And then are you using them? If God wants the world to know Him, what role are you playing in making Him known? Did you hear me? Ask yourself that question. God, is anyone in this world coming to know you better because of me? Am I allowing Christ to work through my life? And not just in a general, yeah, I let him, he changed my language, he changes the, you know, that's great. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? That's great. Have that. Have that. But one aspect that he wants to be coming out of your life is your giftedness. Do you know what it is? Are you using it? Are you allowing others to say, what an awesome God this is? Not because they notice you. That's one way you can tell if you're using the gift appropriately. (laughs) Are people noticing you? Or are people noticing the one who gave it to you? Amen? Is anyone coming to know Christ because of you? Is anyone getting to know Him better? Is anyone seeing a clearer picture of who He is because you're letting Him work through your life? You know what's neat about it? The weight of the world, as I said last time, doesn't have to be on your shoulders. Actually, you're not just some lone ranger, little Jesus running around the community with the, with the, with the, the, the burden of everybody's got to see him through me. You know what's neat? I like it when we can kind of get together and we can kind of work together because when I'm not so hot, you guys are better. And sometimes when you're not so hot, I'm a little better. And so we do that together as his body then Jesus gets known real well, doesn't he? You know what, through these people right here, through this whole group of people, you know, some of us will be better someday, some of us will be worse, but if more and more we get closer to finding and fulfilling our purpose individually and connecting with that corporate group, you know what, this group right here will stick out a lot more in this community than this one person. Amen? So are you tapped in to the group? Are you connected? Are you allowing Christ to use what you have and channel that through His people so that a world, 
that wants that needs to know Christ can know him better. It's time to open our gifts, amen? amen. Who's ready? Who's ready this morning? Are you ready to open what God has offered to you today? Let's pray. Lord, so many times we don't think of you as this relational, as this loving, as this caring. And we certainly recognize how holy and mighty and awesome you are, and so we don't treat that lightly. But I thank you that your word shows us how intimate, how, how close to us you are, how you've designed us, especially Psalm 139 gives the impression, that, it gives a clear indication that, that when I was in my mom's womb, that your hand was forming me and shaping me and making me the person I am. So many of us today are bowing up against the person we are. And Lord, I know there's some weakness here today. I know there's some struggle. But Lord, where there's weakness, you can show your strength. And maybe you're revealing that weakness, God, not to put us down, not to make us look bad, not to trip us up, but because you want us to trust you in that area. Somebody here today says, I know what God wants me to do, but there is no way I can do that. Amen. Thank you, God, for showing them that. And now help them to take the next step. But with God's help, I will. <laughs> Lord, if we could just be a people of God that would realize how inadequate we are, but on the other side would realize how extremely powerful you are then we're going to see some amazing things together. There are parts of your body that need to be working right now that are not. And God, you know our heart here at New Hope. It's not because we've got a plan, we've got a program, we've got a calendar to fill. We want to see Jesus. We want to see you in all your glory. Everything that you want manifested through this church. So connect people today with yourself. Connect people with this church. Help somebody to take that next step of baptism. Lord, help somebody today to receive you as their Savior. Help somebody today to say yes to a ministry that you're calling them to, whatever it is, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I meant to tell you this at the beginning of the service. Last week was an awesome Sunday. I can't remember one that wasn't, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that's the most recent in memory. We had some people join our church family during the 8 o'clock and then, as you all know, and then after the 1045 service, a little six-year-old boy came forward and shared how he had accepted Jesus as his Savior. It was precious. It was awesome. And then after we closed out, God gave me the opportunity to talk to a young lady. And she just came out and said, you know what, I've been wondering. I've been, I've been really needing to get saved. And I was able to lead her to Christ. Isn't that great? Listen, I share that with you so you can rejoice, but so that you can also anticipate God is in this place. He's working. Not because of this location, not because of the building design. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. I'm just glad I get to be a part of it. Amen? If he is moving in your heart today, don't take that for granted. We're going to give you an opportunity. You don't ever have to come here and stand up in front of other people. Really... I shared with that young lady last week, baptism is your public profession of faith. You don't ever have to do this, but we're not making anybody, but if you need to, it's available. 
if you need to pray with somebody, if you need to share with the rest. Isn't that powerful sometimes? To let somebody else know about it. But if you just need to do business with God in your seat, whatever it is, you've heard from Him. Now would you respond?